You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning, Christ Walk Church. How's everybody doing today? So good to see you all. So great to be in the house with you. Thank you so much for worshiping the way that you did. My goodness, I could have, I could have stayed there for a long time. Um, love being in the presence of the Lord with God's people. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles or a smart device, I want to encourage you, um, invite you to turn with me to the New Testament. We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. Um, we call those first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call them the Gospels. Because gospel means good news, and those four books in particular are such good news because they tell us the story of the life and the teachings of Jesus. And so we're going to look at um, a part of his life here this morning, Mark chapter 6. We'll land there in just a moment. But before we do, i got to know, have you ever experienced an interruption in your life? Anyone there's some people that know, some people were like, have you been reading my mail? Like this morning, it happened. It's, it's one of those moments in life. I describe an interruption as one of those moments in life that's often unexpected. And it's where things don't play out exactly the way that you'd planned or hoped for. Like you spill your coffee all over your clean shirt on the way to work. And so you have to turn around and go back home to change or Maybe you go out to get in your car and you have a flat tire or, uh, or a, a dead battery causing you to miss out on an important appointment. Or a neighbor needs help moving a big old refrigerator or um, a hideaway couch right in the middle of the big game, you know? <laughs> or your child has a bad dream and wants to sleep with mom and dad on the one night of the week that your wife did not have a headache. You know, it's those kinds <laughs> Of interruption. There's some men in the room that know what I'm talking about. The list could go on and on. And you and I, we've got two options when these kinds of interruptions arise in our lives. We can either see them as problems or we can see them as possibilities. And ultimately what it boils down to, based on how we, how we see them, how we're able to see them, it boils down to one single word, and, and that word is perspective. Perspective defined is a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something, a point of view. Perspective is simply based on how we see or look at something. And often our perspective is based on nothing more than personal choice. I love what William Arthur Ward says about perspective. He says, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The realist adjusts the sails. It's all in how we choose to look at things. Some of you may know a lady named Cherry that attends here at Christ Walk. She serves on our kids team and she is also our reigning Harvest Fest chili cook-off champion. And... And this past week, she posted an image on Facebook of her car being put on a tow truck, and it had the following caption. It said, not in my Friday plans, but met a nice guy that owns a towing company, plus a couple that were so sweet, 
and invited them to Christ Walk Church. See, it's all about perspective. It's all about how we choose to look at things. And every single day when you and I get in our car and put the key in the ignition or when we drive down a paved road or when we board an airplane or when we accept a phone call or send an email or post something on social media or receive a package from Amazon, we are directly benefiting from someone who chose to change their perspective and focus on the possibilities instead of the problems. Author Michael Hyatt, he says this, sometimes a perceived obstacle is just an opportunity in disguise. And so today we're kicking off a brand new series called Obstacle or Opportunity, where over the next few weeks, we're going to examine a handful of stories from the Bible that will give us some insight into how in the midst of life's interruptions, we can look past our problems and instead see the possibilities. We'll start off in Mark chapter 6 with a story that is likely familiar to the majority of you. We'll pick up in verse 30 and read together. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. And then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have time to eat. Verse 32. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus was no stranger to interruptions. People were constantly bombarding him with all of their neediness. And over and over and over again in the gospel accounts, we see Jesus being interrupted, seemingly pulled off course. But if you and I slow down and and we examine closely enough, we can clearly see that it was all part of the plan from the very beginning. It's simply a matter of perspective. It's simply a matter of how we choose to look at things. Continuing on in verse 34, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages to buy something to eat. See, here we have two very different perspectives. On the one hand, we have Jesus who had compassion on the crowd that interrupted him. In fact, this story is one of the few that is is listed in all four of the Gospels. And in Luke's account of this story, in chapter 9, verse 11, it says, But the crowds found out where he was going, and they followed him. It says, He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. But then on the other hand, we have the disciples who chose to see the people as an annoyance and wanted to send them away. 
Because after all, it wasn't supposed to be like that. They were supposed to be there alone in that remote place by themselves, just the 12 of them and Jesus and all of those people, they messed it all up. And some of us, we've experienced that same kind of tension in the church. Studies have revealed that between 2020 and 2022, you all know what happened. Church attendance in America has declined by 45%. And as a result, many churches have struggled to keep their doors open during that time. And sadly, many of them have had to make, uh, had to make the difficult decision to close down. And while I mourn with those pastors and churches who have had that experience, I celebrate the fact that that has not been the case here at Christ Walk. To the contrary, our church has thrived, and we are experiencing an incredible move of God on the heels of that season. So much so that we're having to come up with new and different solutions to minister to and care for those whom God is entrusting for us. But, but here's the truth and the tension that comes along with all of that. What I know to be true is that people fall in love with a church the way it is when they first attend. Those of you that have been here more than once, you came back because there was just something about this place that you loved the first time that you came. And so that's why you continue to come. The other thing that I know to be true about people and church people in particular is that they don't like change. <laughs> See, we love it up until the worship team sings a song that we don't like. Or we love it up until the pastor preaches on that subject that steps on our toes a little bit. Or we love it up until it becomes a little bit more difficult to find a parking space. Or we love it up until we walk in the back of the auditorium only to find out that someone else is sitting in our seat. <laughs> or we love it up until they go and hire a staff member that nobody knows or really even likes. It's not directed at you. <laughs> we love it up until it becomes something different than what it was in the first place. And, and here's what happens in those moments. That's where the enemy begins to whisper in our ear things like, it's because of them that it's like this. It's because of them that you don't know everybody anymore. It's because of them that you're having to park further away. It's because of them that you're having to sit in a different spot. And here's what you and I need to come to understand. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this down, type it into your phone, put it in your notebook, whatever that is. Write it on the person's forehead sitting next to you because this is important. People are not the problem. People are not the problem. Ephesians 6, verse 12, Paul says this. He says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. 
but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And and on paper, I believe that most of us want to see people get saved and go to heaven. But where that falls short is in the things that we say and the things that we believe. It falls short when when we have the mindset that we prefer a church where we can know everybody. And I hear people say, man, I just love our little church. That's not a kingdom mindset. I just love our little church. What? Some of y'all, if you make it, are going to be surprised that there are other people in heaven than just a few people at your little church. And so when we take that mindset, what's happening is is even on a subconscious level, I know we don't really mean that, but but what we do on a subconscious level is we'll, we'll end up hesitating to invite other people to attend. Now, we, we love our church, and it's valuable to us, but mm, I don't know if I want to get them involved. It's, it's not that we don't want people to have an encounter with Jesus. It's just that we love our church exactly the way that it is, and we don't want anything or anyone to mess that up for us. And plus, there's, there's plenty of other great churches in our city, and there are that those people could go to. Maybe you've heard of Dunbar's number. Dunbar's number is uh, a suggested cognitive limit to the number of people with whom one can maintain stable social relationships. These are relationships in, in which an individual knows who each person is and how each person relates to every other person. And this theory was first developed and proposed in the 1990s by British anthropolo- anthropologist Robin Dunbar. And Dunbar suggests that humans can comfortably maintain a maximum of 150 stable relationships. So if you have family members or friends or coworkers or any other kind of relationship outside of the people that attend Christ Walk Church, then the thought that we can know everybody here simply doesn't hold up anymore. Because there's about that number of people in this room right now. And so this is not a place, God's church is not a place where we're supposed to know everybody. But it is a place where everybody can know and be known by somebody. That's what we're trying to accomplish here. And so the question is, then what has to change? And I believe There's some insight into this in what Jesus told his disciples to do next. Verse 37 of Mark chapter 6, but Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. See, people are not the problem. People are our mission. People aren't the problem. It's all a shift in perspective. They are our mission. I can prove it to you time and time again in the scriptures. 
We talk about this, Luke 19, 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That was his mission, and it should be ours as well. Matthew 28, 18, the Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I've taught you and I will be with you always, even until the end of this age. Matthew 19, 14, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them. Matthew 18, 5, and anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. People, regardless of age, regardless of their walk in life, regardless of their background, regardless of their skin color, they are our mission. And so the question then becomes, what are we going to do to keep the mission at the forefront and begin to address the need of those who are hungry? Some of you in the room may recall a message that I preached several months ago called Make Room for a Miracle. We handed out magnets that day. Some of you probably have that magnet on your refrigerator somewhere at home. In that message, I talked about the process of what it looks like to widen the door and lengthen the table. And I talked about how we were going to build new things. We were going to birth new things. And that we were going to bring dead things back to life. And so we're going to do just that. Some of you probably saw on social media this week or in an email blast, we said that there's a big announcement that we are revealing today. And so here's that moment. I'm going to tell you about a big announcement. And it starts with this. We've recently built a new environment in Christ Walk Kids to help balance out our age groups and create new space for more families with kids. This is a, I've got some pictures. This is a part of our church that many of you don't see, and it's a work in progress, but this is uh, walking into the entryway when you check in. Next slide. This is our elementary environment for first through fifth grade. Next slide. This is our junior environment for pre-K and kindergarten. Next slide. This is our uh, baby environment for uh, birth through uh, 23 months. And we're getting ready to open this fourth environment, um, which is our, uh, our mini environment. And that's for our twos and threes, our toddler kids. And we're putting the finishing touches on that right now. And we, we've been having record attendance in some of our kids' environments. And the children's pastor in me really wants to be back there on a lot of Sundays. We've been having record attendance in some of those environments. And so we want to make sure that we have room so that we can, uh, so that God can entrust us with, with even more of who he's wanting to bring here. There's a lot of families, there's a lot of kids that need to know that Jesus loves them and that they don't have to wait until they're a grown up to be a part of the church, but that they have value right now. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them. Do not stand in their way. 
And so we're opening up a new kids environment here in the next couple weeks. And, and also in, in just a few weeks on Easter Sunday, I think we're like six weeks away from that right now. We're going to launch a second morning worship service. Some of you are really unsure. I don't know. Are we supposed to clap or not? Um, so we'll be launching a second morning worship service. We'll be meeting at 9, 15, and 11 on that day. I believe that this can be the biggest Easter in the history of our church. And, and I'm not just believing God for a number. But I'm believing God for new people that are going to come to Christ's walk and surrender their lives to Jesus. And that a few weeks after that, we're going to see people go public um, with their faith through water baptism. And, and so I, I want to invite you over this season of Lent as we prepare for Resurrection Sunday. W- would you be praying with me about that? Can we believe together? Can we link arms for that and believe God to do something special this Easter season? And that second service we're launching, it's not just for Easter. Because we're going to continue that second service beyond Easter. Because we want to create new space for more people to attend and experience what God is doing here at Christ's Walk. And some of you may be wondering, well, why are we, we going to do that? Well, there's 180 chairs in the room that you're in right now. There's way more than 180 people out there that need to know Jesus. There's, there's this thing that we operate by, maybe you've heard of it before, maybe, and you're probably aware of this, even if you don't know the technical terminology for it, but if, it's the movie theater rule. The movie theater rule is that 80% full in any room is 100% full. And, and truthfully, post-COVID, the rule is a room that's 60% full is 100% full because nobody wants to sit next to anybody. Especially if they're sneezing or coughing. And every Sunday this calendar year, our auditorium has been on the plus side of 60%. A couple Sundays we've bumped up against 90% full in this room. And so some of you have experienced it. You've come in and you've looked and you said, there's nowhere for me to sit. And so you've done the walk of shame all the way to the front row (laughs) where nobody wants to be except for my faithful few right up here. Y'all are rock stars. You know what I'm talking about. The only two people in the church that love a full room is the pastor and the worship leader. Everybody else is like, there's no room for me in here. The other reason we're doing this is because we want to... We want to create more options for more people. To continue with that movie theater analogy, there's a reason why they don't just show the movie at 7 o'clock on Friday night only. There's a whole bunch of showings because people want options. And more options equals more opportunities for us to reach more people. So that's what we want to provide as best we can going forward to our community. The other thing that it's going to help us do is to alleviate some of the parking challenges that we have. Some of you have experienced that. 
Some of you that help to park cars, you understand the difficulty of that. And, and even outside of those that are here in this room, what we don't want to happen is we don't want anyone to drive by on their way to Christ Walk Church, see a full parking lot and go, oh, they don't have a place for me. And keep on driving and go to the place down the street. We don't want anyone to be able to say that there's no room here for them or their family. And so we want to do everything that we can to widen the door and to lengthen the table. We continue on picking up in, in Mark chapter 6, verse th- the end of verse 37. With what? The disciples asked. Jesus has told them, you feed them. And they say, with what? We'd have to work months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. And they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. What we see here is the third part of this, and that's generosity is our identity and servanthood is our posture. How do we widen the door and lengthen the table in order to meet the need for the people that are hungry? It's through generosity and servanthood. And both of those things, let me be clear, both of those things require sacrifice. All the time. If you're going to be generous, you're going to be a servant, and these are two of our core values. Generosity is our identity and servanthood is our posture. But you can't be generous and you cannot be a servant without also making a sacrifice. John's account of this passage says... Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. This is in John chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. He said, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? There was a little boy there that decided to give up his lunch. And I can't help but wonder how many of us would have done the same thing if we were in the same position? To be honest, I probably would have had the tendency to keep that for myself because I would have looked at things from the perspective of Andrew who said, how in the world can this little bit that we have even make a dent in the need that is represented? But what you and I have to understand is that feeding those who are hungry, it's going to cost us something. But along with that sacrifice comes an incredible opportunity. It comes the opportunity to invite more people to attend. It comes with the opportunity for you to come to Discover Track and learn how God has gifted and wired you to fulfill the plan that he has for your life so that you can begin to make a difference in the lives of others. It comes with the opportunity to be a part of a serve team as the hands and feet of Jesus to others in our community. And with the second service, it it comes with the opportunity to serve one and then to sit one so that we never have to worry about missing out because we're serving God's people. There are people in this room right now that are here for the very first time. There's people watching online right now that you're tuning in for the very first time. And I want you to know that you are our why. 
And from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for joining us and giving us a shot. For those of you who are already a part of Christ's walk, you call this place home, this is about so much more than just adding a second worship experience. It's about an opportunity for all of us to step up and play our part. It's about an opportunity to be a part of the body of Christ and to help build his kingdom in this earth. It's about an opportunity to be a part of the story that God is writing in his church in these last days. And it's going to take all of us to make it happen. I'm going to try to make that easy for some people. Next Sunday, March 5th, we're going to have a Discover Track Fast Track, which is going to be an all-in-one day after service. Discover Track is uh, a class, for lack of a better term, that you attend that helps you to discover who we are as a church, discover who you are, how God has wired you, your personality and, and gifts-wise, and then discover what those two things can be together. And so whether you're new to Christ's walk or you have attended here for years, Discover Track is the place for you to, to discover both how and where you can be a part of what God is doing in his church. And so I'd love for you to come and have lunch with me next week. We're going to do it all in one shot next week, following service, free lunch for everybody that attends. And you all know my mantra, if it's free, it's for me. So you can register online, thechristwalk.com forward slash events. You can go to the website, click on the events tab, or click on registrations there at the bottom uh, for those of you that use the Church Center app. If you need help with any of that, go to the Next Steps tent at the close of service, and people, uh, somebody there will, will help you get connected with that so that you can be a part of that. Back to the five loaves and, and, and the two fish. You know, in Andrew's eyes and, and, and probably in, in most of the people there, it, it didn't look like very much. And what you have to offer, some of you are thinking right now, well, I don't have anything to give. I don't have much to offer. There's nothing special about me. I can't do anything. Look, it may not look like much to you, but every single person, if you're breathing, you have something to contribute. And your contribution could be like that little boy's lunch. It may very well be the thing that makes all the difference. And so whatever your loaves and fishes are, now is your opportunity to use them. Because here's what I know to be true. Vision will always move forward at the same speed of God's people's obedience. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Vision will always move forward at the same speed of God's people's obedience. Continue on in Mark 6, verse 39. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. And they all ate as much as they wanted. What we see here is that Jesus invites us to be a part of the miracle. 
I believe in the power of my God. That in that moment, Jesus could have snapped his fingers and a double bacon cheeseburger with french fries and a milkshake could have appeared in front of every single person in the crowd that day. (laughs) That's how big he is. That's how powerful he is. But that's not what he did. Instead... Jesus chose to use the disciples, his followers, to meet the needs of the people. And what we see in that passage is that passing out loaves and fish, it's not very glamorous. It's just not. But it was necessary to meet the need. Truthfully, your loaves and fish... It may not be super glamorous. There's somebody in here whose loaves and fish looks a lot like standing out in the hot sun or the rain, helping people to find a place to park. There's somebody here whose loaves and fish looks like showing up early to make coffee or staying late to tear stuff down or changing a poopy diaper or rocking a screaming baby. Maybe your loaves and fish look like setting up cones and flags and tables and tents only to just tear them back down afterwards and do that again every single week. That's what it takes if we're going to be a part of the miracle. And so you and I, we've got two options. We can either participate in the miracle or we can miss out on the miracle. It's as simple as that. And I refuse to believe that in a crowd of thousands, only one little boy had something to eat. But what I do know is that he was the only one willing to give it up. And think about all the people that after the fact, they were kicking themselves because they could have been a part of the story that we're still talking about thousands of years later, but they didn't because they lived life with closed hands and chose to hold on to the things that they had rather than giving God their everything. And they missed out. And so that little boy gets to be in the spotlight and they didn't get to. I love this quote from Pastor Trevor Heineman, who said, <laughs> who said, it's way more fun to be in the game than it is to sit on the bench. And if there's anybody who has experience riding the pine, it is him. So he knows. So don't wait, because the game has begun, and Jesus is looking at each and every one of you right in the eyeball saying, batter up. You're up. Mark 6, we'll close out our story here, 43 and 44. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. I'll close with this. Number five, not only will he feed the crowd, but he'll feed us too. Not only will he feed the crowd, but he'll feed us too. No doubt the disciples were sitting there thinking, look, man, this was supposed to be about us. And now all these people came 
and they interrupted and they ruined everything. And now we're over here slaving and working our tails off so that they get their needs met. Well, what about us? And it's just like Jesus to go over and above. He doesn't just meet the need. He exceeds the need. And so they had 12 basketfuls that were left over, one for each of them. And in all honesty and full transparency this morning, I can tell you I, I'm nervous about taking these steps. Because in this moment, right now, we're not ready. So we got six weeks to get that way. And it's risky, yes. But as the kids say, scared money don't make money. So that's how I'm going to roll. <laughs> Scared money don't make money. So I'm going to step out and take the risk. And I know what you may be thinking, and you're right. Yes, things are going to change. It's going to feel different. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's going to be different. But what I do know is that God is not going to allow us to go hungry at the expense of feeding others. He's got enough for everyone. There's enough to go around. And so the way I see it, we've got two choices. We can settle for the same old, same old, or we can choose to live for something more. I've made up my mind. I invite you to make up yours. People aren't the problem. People are the mission. And as we make every effort to widen the door and lengthen the table, it is my hope and prayer that you'll be a part of that effort with us. That begins with simply accepting Jesus' invitation to be a part of the miracle that he is about to do in our midst. And so as the band comes to lead us in worship, seal this word in our hearts this morning, I invite you to stand Open your arms, your hands, and surrender. And make the words of this song your prayerful response to the word of the Lord today. Let's sing together. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.